0: Welcome to the Open Book Podcast. What you're about to hear is a live recording of an event that took place at the Open Book Festival in September 2022. In this discussion called Forced to Move, Diane Dutoy-Albertse, Fred Kumalu and Joy Watson speak to Bettina Weingart about migrating to survive. Here's their conversation.
1: Good afternoon, welcome to the two o'clock session, Um, Forced to Move. I'm Bettina Weingart, I'm the facilitator for the session, and I'd like to introduce these three lovely authors with me. Um, Fred, I'm going to start with you. Um, You've done an MA in Creative Writing at WITS, and you are now doing your PhD. You, 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 what? you wondering about it. Um, Fred is the (laughs) author of 17 um, books, non-fiction, fiction, fiction, short stories, long version. Um, The book we'll be discussing today is Crossing the River. Welcome, Fred.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Bettina, for that uh, glowing um, introduction, and good uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Thank you for gracing us uh, with your presence, braving the cold out there. We are (laughs) honoured.
1: Thank you, Fred. Next is Joy Watson. Joy, of course, is a feminist researcher. Um, you need to explain that to us just a little bit later on. Um, and you focus on public policy and spending. Yes. Um, the you are currently doing your PhD, and unlike Fred, you um, you're almost at the end of it. And your um, PhD is on rape, rape okay. and um, rape and public policy.
0: That's right. Yes. Yeah.
1: You're also a regular contributor to Daily Maverick Life, and your, The Other Me is your debut novel. It is a lovely read. You, of course, co-edited with um, Amanda Goest's Nasty Women Talk Back. Yeah, but that is that. This is your...
0: My baby. Your baby. <laughs> this is your
1: baby, yes. Um, and last but not least, Diane, de Toit Albertse, Um, Diane is a, she tells me, just told me now, a (laughs) drama teacher at (laughs) Huershkul Ukip. And I just need to warn you, Diane's book is in Afrikaans, so the questions directed to Diane will be in Afrikaans. If anyone has difficulty with that, we'll translate, but it will be in Afrikaans. Um, Diane, you regularly contribute to LitNet for their theatre, and you you studied... um, you studied Nagraads Drama in Regie. Yep. And you was in 2020 on the um, Jake Schervel Mentorship Programme. Yeah. Welcome. Bottleneck, break neck, break back. <laughs>
3: um, I can do break. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's Is is debe. Um, all three books will be available for sale afterwards, and the authors will be available to take photographs and to sign books. So please afterwards go. Get the books; it's brilliant books, all three of them, and um, you will enjoy it. So get the books; get the authors to sign it. Fred, you describe crossing the river as a pure adult uh, sorry, pure young adult novel. Um, what makes it pure?
2: Um, my, my previous, well, it's in. I was making a comparison, comparison between this book and my, um, my, my previous book, uh, Two Tons of Fun. Yeah. Two Tons of Fun, although it features uh, a 14-year-old girl as the main protagonist, it's not written as a, a young adult novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 But, but
1: <coughs> I, I, the, when I read the book, I thought, you know, it would actually be a, I almost want to say disgrace to label it as young adult because grown-ups would love the book. Um, It is an engaging book. It is topical about so many things. Um, So while you may build it as a young adult book. um, No, no, no.
2: Blame it on the marketers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the publisher is here. Yes, of (laughs) course.
2: Yes, of course.
1: (laughs) Of course. Um, Joy and Diane, both of you are accomplished writers in other areas. Um, How did the writing process for this differ from? Your other writing,
0: I think that um, for me, my other writing was because I work as a as a researcher on sort of social development issues. I think that as South Africans, we know the state of our and the reality of our socio-economic and our political context. So I found that writing in that space was becoming heavy. You know, um, mm. it's a it's a. A broader manifestation of the kind of crisis we're all living in. Like when you're writing it, it weighs on you, and it was feeling heavy. And so I wanted to embark on a project that was make-believe and that felt lighter and creative. And, and this was fun. the result
1: of lighter <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun. <laughs> See, the, the, the other person interviewed you is laughing loudly as well. <laughs> um, te
3: heen? So, ja, die skakel vir my was moes nou van drama na proza toe. En, ja, ek ek het een behoefte gehad, dat woorde nie net ophou by een kindstefeest of een speelvlak en dan gaan het nergens hier nie. But, ja, daar is sekere goed om in acht te neem wat Ruiz my (coughs) my uitgever baie saam met my gewerk het. Want, Meteen drama stuk is dat toch iemand wat inkijkt op wat gebeert. Da's lichten, da's kostuums. Waar in een boek als dat goed is, wat alles beschrijft moet worden, zodat so, het rijger voor mij uitgedaag om fijner te kijken en om meer geduldig te worden moet worden. Want ik denk bij keer hier, wanneer ik aan zo performance writing, it's easy to just after a couple of drafts just take it and maar give it another flavour on stage. Where we've paper, you can't really do that. Yeah. But
1: but at the same time, and I'd like the two of you to come into this as well, for each book, each text that you write, um, every reader will read it differently um, because the reader reads through the lens of their own experience and the experience might be very different to yours. Fred, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, it's...
2: Um, I find with every new book that I write, uh, I develop, I grow as a writer. Uh, Sometimes to the confusion of my readers, because they expect a certain kind of style or approach to a story, that they think this is how Fred Kumalo writes. But now, uh, I've written this book uh, from the perspective of a 14-year-old girl who who has a totally different experience from mine, and she's a, a rural girl, she's Zimbabwean, and I'm an old urban black man from South Africa. Uh, so the, this disjuncture this, this is, is, yeah, is interesting. Uh, how people have read the book, or how they read the book, obviously uh, is credit to me as a writer, to say they, they uh, I help uh, um, excavate their, their own experiences mm. and their past and the, they bring their own uh, prejudices, their background and so on into the reading experience. Which is what we, ri- which is why we write exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Do you want to add?
0: Um, so, in fact, one of the the sponsors of this um, f- festival last night at the opening bash was saying they'd like to invite me to come and talk to the staff because they're fighting on Makar, be- uh, because they have different takings of the other me, and I think that that's what makes books so powerful right it's through storytelling that we make sense of the human condition and experience and um i think that what brings a book to life is how the reader engages with the written word mm. and and weaves their own story um to make sense of what is on paper and that's invariably going to be different for, each for, for everyone mm-hmm. and so you engage with with the material um and the magic is to to use it to think through issues. And in fact, it was one of the things that I very deliberately, while this is a story and it's meant to be fun, we can't also escape who we are and our social context. So there are issues of identity, the politics of identity, uh, our socioeconomic context. And I take some of the, the those debates, without writing a political book and making this uh, a thesis, it's a story, I very deliberately wanted to hand these discussions to the reader and say, I'm not resolving these issues for you, I'm handing it to you to say, what do you think about these debates that we're grappling with as a, as a society? Mm.
1: Okay, thanks. <clears throat> now, what I'd like all three of you to do next is to, without giving away the storyline, if you can, describe your protagonist, please.
3: Okay, I'll my start. Okay. 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 Hairgat, flamboyant. Oh, <laughs> Uitgesproken, forbarig. <laughs> Veilgat, intelligent. Uh, a bit all over the place and a bit unstable. And I think anti-heroes has become nogal very popular in mainstream of now, hedendaagse culture. Um, and I think a lot of readers can also Feel comfortable with this character and relate to the character because the character goes out almost without the fear of doing stuff right or perfect and just embracing the flawedness of life as well. Mm. Being like yeah you let Dungal Klagas is Girl, I've got nothing <laughs> to lose. Uh, okay,
1: my name is your girl's name, <laughs> Oh, Dora,
3: yes. Dora, she's from Corollesberg, a small mining community in Amakwaland. Um, was raised up by her uh, oma, oma, na ma, you can pa, Yes, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yes, I'm trying to be gaaf. guess is me so in the stad. Very flamboyant, like yeah. that character. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so a small-town girl with big dreams, and when she comes in the city, it slowly but surely crumbles a bit. Um, and something that um, Audrey Yankees also journeys on in her book, Asikai ki Piering Blom, is this idea of small-town girls getting lost in the big city. In with bottleneck breakback, is it a girl that, okay, say, rag lost, and say, you know what, let's not be afraid of the dark world and so much jump into it. So, Dora is a fearless, yeah, onbeskofte, but also kind-hearted character, yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to her, even Definitely. though some might even find her but repulsive. She is who she is.
1: I think repulsive is the first word that going to come here. But we'll talk later about Joy.
0: Actually, everything that she said, mm. um, <laughs> so we wrote <know> <laughs> the same character. Um, Lolly, in my book, I, so what, what I wanted to do is create a deeply troubled character, a character in crisis, and, and plant this person in a social context in crisis. And so you have the interplay of the character and the South African society, <clears throat> a person and a landscape in crisis. Um, so she uh, is flamboyant, <laughs> Alice, <laughs> everything that you said, um, but she's also intelligent and savvy and broken and vulnerable. And so there's this juxtapositioning of her her strength and her intelligence against her vulnerability and her, her brokenness. And essentially, the story is about this character who creates an alter ego, the other me, um, who steps in when she's not coping to keep her safe. So they, they, these... And she sees this person as, as, a pers- as a person and there's this dual character of when Lolly's not coping, the other the Lolly steps in to save the day.
1: Okay. But now, I just need to ask one follow-up question. You started out saying you wanted to write a light book, yes. something light to get away, <laughs> and then you say it's a person in crisis, <laughs> in a society in crisis. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think that, so, the book plays very heavily because... Ultimately, you know, the the book deals with serious issues. It deals with the the concept of emotional and psychological um, violence, gaslighting. These are serious and heavy issues. Um, And to make it light, I very deliberately spent a lot of time and effort in trying to make, to use humor as a literary device, to make it funny because we don't want to (laughs) engage with um, the issues that we have to engage with all the time violence, etc., cetera, in, in a way that makes us all go to bed for the next 30 days. So, yeah. you know, there was the, what is the conduit and the medium of telling a story um, that speaks to some of the, the, the big social issues yeah. that we're grappling with? Yeah, thanks. Fred?
2: My main protagonist is Nozizwe, as I said, a 15-year-old uh, a girl from Zimbabwe, the southern part of Zimbabwe, Bulawayo who suddenly f- finds herself and her family being forced to migrate to South Africa. There's, um, there are problems in the country, um, war veterans um, um, harassing people and the family flees to South Africa. Uh, I love the, the, the phrase that you've just used, you said broken landscape, is that what you said? I'm going to steal that for <laughs> okay. so, um, so they get to this uh, broken country which was faced with its own challenges and so on. So this story is uh, a celebration of that uh, odyssey, basically. Uh, in writing the book, I was trying to explore um, the, 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 the trauma, the psychological uh, impact of, of forced migration on, uh, on the lives of children. We've, we read in newspapers how people flee Zimbabwe to South Africa, um, but I thought to make the story fresher, more vulnerable, uh, it would be great to use um, the, a, a young person, a child, mm-hmm. as the as the focal point or as the mm-hmm. the person telling the story, basically.
1: Okay, Diane, you use language in a specific way in your book. Mm-hmm. Um, Verschillende partijhofstukken is geschreven in, type, in type Noordkaapse Afrikaans, yeah. um, and another is geschreven in geiltaal, gemengd met kaaps. Mm. Wat is What hmm.
3: is So um, Geil is a taal that ontstaan het in District 6-theory. Koi, Kalid community, transgender diverse and drag queens genaamdlik QP, die QP exhibition was ook net zo so om die draaien een paar jaar terug, um, en dit is een taal wat gevormd is als een type veiligheidsvorm, zoals so als strijd mensen nabij is of mensen wat ons in gevaar gaan hou, dan geil ons, zodat niemand anders moet hoor wat ons sê Ik ga Ek aan kan sê, oe, Bettina, die bag, like een beetje Riva, oh oe, is op, draai, daar, six o'clock, Okay. You know? So, a veiligheid wat ook a huis, en ek denk dit is wat ons allemaal sy moedertong moet wees, as a thuiste en a, a veiligheid voor ons. En die amal van ons voel altijd bij het thuis in die taal wat voor ons gewoon een rug was of gegee was nie, of even die families waar ons grootgemaak is. <coughs> en dit is dan a, girl, nie, wat een iets soos nieuwe kan oopmaak vir iemand wat veral we hmm. weggegooi word of so.
1: Okay. Um, op een stadium in die boek beskryf een van je karakters Gail as Moffi
3: hmm. um,
1: wanneer is dit oké okay om Moffi hmm. te say, ...and In wanneer is het een zaak voor the mensenrechtencommissie?
3: menseregte kom So so denk, wat ga ga beest word met die woord. Die woord is jou you can kan what doen wat je wil. If you're calling it to me, I'll decide if I want to claim it or not. Hmm. So ek ek dink dit het te doen met baie woorde waarmee 'n mens baie so op mense tone trap. Ja. Yeah, yeah. Dis jou keuse of jy hy woord fat of nie. As hy woord absoluut niks met jou te doen het nie, dan yeah. moet jy hom dalk my een kant
1: um, my Angelou wat een keer geset, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to that's mm. important.
3: En as ook Roopal wat sê, doesn't matter uh, what you call me as long as you call me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, as long as you give me money, it works. So, uh, please give me money. I don't mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the
1: in this book, our bag, for that, come Yes, yeah, the okay. money bag. The uh, money bag. Okay, man bag. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> Joy, early in your novel, Sadiq, and I want you to just, just explain or maybe don't explain who Siddiqui is, says to Lolly, um and I need to, to, to read this, um, there's no binary between bully and victim. Each of us have the ability to oscillate between the two roles. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to you is, should we sympathize with bullies, see the potential victimhood they might have experienced? And I'd like the two of you to also mm-hmm. respond to that.
0: So I think, you know, we, we tend to, to sort of look at uh, bullies and victims, perpetrators on a sort of continuum and that they binary, you're either this or you're that. And what I wanted to play with in the book is the notion of how we as, as human beings are complex and that we um, have the capacity to be both in c- certain instances the victim and in, d- in different instances the perpetrator. And so calling... Uh, ourselves to look at the lens, you know, look look at ourselves through the the under the lens, and and to see um, the potential that we sometimes have to harm others as much as other people cause us harm, and because this is a book about emotional and psychological hurting, I didn't want to make it straightforward. I wanted that there are no necessarily moral higher grounds that. Uh, all the characters in one way or another come with some com- layer of, of complexity. Yeah.
3: Dame is Sam. I get the young character, the sick man who grew Antagonist in his book as a policeman. Yeah, by, I can go bla- back
1: bla- da- later because so I'm not too yes, much. Yes, man,
3: yeah, yeah net so biggie van dit. and it's so big here, en. The thing of this character is that he begins begin as an allegory of the violence being perpetrated against trans and gender diverse bodies. And then later on, we also see this as a human who also has desires and dreams and love <coughs> and a family. And that was ook for me belang om te wijs. Want meest van the characters in my book was nog net gesidelined by a key as it by the letter nie voltooi of klaar ingekleer nie. Daarom was dit vir my belangrik dat hulle amal, even die poor perpetrators ook, vleisietjie aan hulle het, want ons almal behoort eerends en ons almal verdien 'n plek. Maak jy saak wat so, you know, kakos aanvang. Yeah. <laughs> Fred? Afred. Yeah, ja,
2: bullying is is a, is a thread that runs through uh, the, 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 this, this book. Um, yeah. we see uh, the um family being bullied by the war veterans in Zimbabwe, and, the, and to such an extent that they have, they have to flee the country for South Africa. Um, relative safety and uh, security and so on. Only to find that uh, once they've crossed the river into South Africa, they, um, they are going to be uh, um, buffeted by a different, uh, different winds and challenges and so on. Uh, bullying of different of a different nature, in the sense that uh, in South Africa they are foreigners; they are foreigners. They get um, discriminated against. It's all this whole notion of xenophobia, and uh, you look differently, or you speak differently from us. So she she has to devise some means to protect herself. She's a woman; she, she's a, a girl, a young woman, uh, in a very, very violent uh, society. So she has to mas- to find a way to protect herself, and she masquerades as a boy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to ask you about that <coughs> later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all three protagonists experience violence as a child, and for Lolly and um, Dora, that's carried over into adulthood. Um, of course, your story is seen from the viewpoint of a child, so she, she doesn't grow up. Mm-hmm. All three of you in some way describe the violence as quite casually. Um, Now, my question is gender-based violence in South Africa. Is it as casually accepted as the three of you make it out in your books? Should it be? Um, Fred, you can start.
2: I I suppose... um, I haven't read the books, uh, let me admit, so I'll speak on behalf of my own book. The way I... uh, I portray violence is to show that it becomes so accepted by society mm. and that it's second nature; it comes as second nature. Mm. But I was hoping that uh, by putting it out there, um, society would be challenged to say this is not acceptable uh, at whatever level. So, um, so that that was my um, kind of ambition to say: mm. let's expose, expose this. Uh, uh, and, that, and deal with it for what it is.
0: Yeah. I think my, you know I had a very similar approach. So it's interesting that my book, that one of the central themes is about violence, but it's actually not really dealt with or mentioned. Yeah. And I, I did that very deliberately. So initially, in the rea- uh, a reading of the manuscript when it was sort of almost finalized, the violence that happens to Lolly as a child is not ever named, and in fact. There was an illusion to it, but it's not named. And then I made the illusion a little clearer, you know, through a dialogue that she has. Um, and it's sort of named, but not quite. And I did that deliberately, because I feel that as South Africans, we are so, um, we've become so conditioned to the newspaper headlines and the horrific scenes of violence that happen on a daily basis, that I didn't need to paint a picture for my reader to know about violence in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, it is normalized and also politically I didn't want to write a book that appeals to an audience who needs to see the blood and the the gory details and the intestines hanging on the floor. Um, Politically, the agenda was that I'm talking about violence without making it graphic, but also I'm trying to show that physical violence is not necessarily the only violence that matters, that emotional and psychological violence over a period of time, a sustained period of time, is as destructive in in creating broken people. Um, and I just want to come back, if I may, to something that that Fred mentioned in when he was talking about um, xenophobia. You know, in in some ways, also my book, being called the Other Me, is about somebody who is othered. So we have notions whether it is in a in a sense of how we engage as South Africans with foreign nationals, um, how we see them as not belonging within the space. We are very quick as a society, and it's ironic given our apartheid context and where we had to actually, you know, go and seek asylum in other countries. It's very ironic that we have become a society where (coughs) othering is so prominent in our national discourse, where the extent to which people are different from us really matters. And this cuts across, research shows, it cuts across race, class, and gender divides. Mm. That South Africans uh, have sentiments that are very um, hostile towards foreigners in our country. And in the book, on a smaller scale, Lolly is a square peg in a round hole. She doesn't fit in. Um, She's trying to find a way of fitting in, And, and the book works with that narrative of the struggle to fit in amongst people who don't easily find a place for you because they're so busy measuring up who they are in their tribal and their group identities Mm -hmm. and how that becomes the predominant story is who are we as a ethnic uh, race group whatever it might be and and how the harm that we do um, that we don't see that we're doing uh, as, as a repercussion of that.
3: Ja, mm, yeah. um, so daar is die een karakter in my boek, Jamie. En um, Jamie, die toespraak wat sy lever, he voordat um, sy haar performance poetry vertooning gee, en dan sê sy dat, daar praat sy van gender-based violence, en dat die president so klemle daarop, maar dat hy nog steeds het praat van die kinders en die cisgender vroue know what then from transgender and gender diverse person. As we mm-hmm. specifically look at the word gender-based violence, why are we still being excluded as a community? And that is a big thing that I tried to let go into the rest of the book. And what also about violence, yeah, is dit amper alledaags ek dink miskien dis wat jy bedoel want baie van die geweld wat gebeur is al so normal die gal weet, ok, ek stap gauw taxi ring toe, ek krijg gauw ietsie ek gaan die kijk krijg, this one wants to fuck me that one wants to kill me, that one wants to do both, and it's normal om, dit is realiteite wat daak ander mense gaan ontskok of ontnuchter, maar dit is die werkelijkheid daarvan, en maar dit, baie dit, maar dit keer kan het graaf niet. Uh,
1: uitgebeeld nie um,
3: ja, ja, ja yeah. sekere dele in die boek word mm. natuurlijk grafisch uitgebeeld wat ook belangrijk is. Voor alles ons kyk na um, headlines wat al gebeur het, soos David O'Lyne, uh, um, verkrachting, moord, verbranding in een klein dorpie en Seeris, en even um, uh, Jamie adnan David transgender en gender diverse persone, wie vreed aardig in gemeenschappen. Um, gemartel, verkracht en vermoor word en daar kom net nooit verder iets daarvan nie. So dit was my belangrijk vir ons als een gemeenskap ook om hier oor hierdie te begin praat. In ons wijs, soos wat ons ook wil, maar als mens specifiek kyk na die geweld en in my boek was dit ook vir my belangrijk om te kyk na amper, ja soos wat Joy nou praat, van die verschillende shades van perpetrator en victim then later on, one van die girls in the book says, I'm going to get justice for the guilt that happened to me. So I'm going to take my own hands yeah. to actually say, Is anybody going to help you if you're not going to help yourself? Should we start fighting for ourselves instead of going to the police? Because I've heard a lot of people, brothers and sisters, who never went to the police want ons wordt verder verneder en verkleineer en abuse in die politiestaties. Oké, okay, dit
1: een van my vragen wat jy nie bezig is. Het jy in my boek gekyk terwijl ek weg was? Misschien, <laughs> misschien. Um, Oké, okay, hierdie vraag, jy, jy praat van dat die geweld as normaal aanvaard word, dat transgender persone weet hulle aanvaard dat gaan geweld wees. Mm, en die persone op, op, rondom hulle ja, ook aanvaard, dat okay. moet so gebeur. Oké, um, is jij as een wit transgender persoon veiliger als een bruin of zwart transgender persoon? Definitief,
3: definitief. En in my gemeenskap ook. Ek is die enigste uit wit transpersoon in my um, uh, gemeenskap in een waar ek woon. En daar is al so'n wonnelike pad uitgeleid dier die Bruin en Swartrans gemeenskap in Namakoland. Oh, ons pageants, guys. Ons in Namakolandse pageants are to die for. (laughs) En, maar ook samen met dit, daar is amper, oké, mene sal sien, oké, fine, jy soe, but oké, ons gaan jy weer eerder los, as moet sêke vir jou tanny sê, of jy vrou sê, of iets, waar my vriendin wat langs my loop, Leslie, sal een naam krys wat ek het kry. zij is gelukkige polisie vrou, trans zo vrou, plaaslik. So, dit helpt daarom om uniform te het. Maar nee, ach, ek dink, um, meeste van wat ek al geleer het, van om op te staan vir myself en om trots te wees, kom van die brein en swaar trans af. So, ek sal definitief sê, ek is veiliger. Vooral alles ons ook kyk, na die geweld wat plaats van teen oor trans personen. Dan sit meestal, um, brain-in-swaar trans en diverse personen in laar of werkersklasgemeenschappen wat getarget wordt. Waar ik nog naar mama en papa toe kan gaan as mijn omstandigheden te moeilijk raken. In ja geprottekt wordt al niet altijd emotionally, niet, maar ik kan tenminste weten my life is gonna be okay. Ja. Yeah.
0: I will now, now go to a pageant. Oh, hello. We're actually
3: having one in October, Miss at Yes, so Miss at is our great pageant, what we said. We said it Springbok, Eidan, Sprungborg, Valwater. Persag, and then the top girls come to the UK too. En ek is ook bezig om te praat met die platte landers, so hopelijk gaan ons so'n feature? daar. Misschien
1: die. kan jy vir Joy om een van die beoordelaars te wees, oh. Dan oh. is een reden met ons. Oké, okay, hallo, koos. Ek is daar, my vriend. Yes! <laughs> Oké, <Okay>. yes. Sien daar, soos my nog een uh, koninkt. Uitgesold. <laughs> uitgesold. Sal jou
3: beoordeel? <laughs> <laughs> ja, natuurlijk. Shabba, vriend, judge. <laughs> <laughs> Prachtig,
2: um, namakkelend, deises. Yes! Sien,
3: yes. <laughs>
1: <Yes. laughs> <laughs> so dit, so dit. So, so, so. uh. Oké. Okay. Joy Fred um both your protagonists are passing you've uh, spoken a bit about how your um is is passing Joy Lolly's also passing to some extent to to protect herself to fit in um could both of you speak to the ways in which your um characters are passing you've you've started so just
2: yes as um as they are fleeing, well, they've crossed the the river already. They are in South Africa, and uh, they have a, a nasty encounter with, with this uh, with this group of people who they mis- mistook for protectors. These people are human traffickers, mm-hmm. and uh, they are men. Obviously, they are armed, and the girl realizes if I am to survive going forward, let me think fast, and she does, and uh, she becomes a boy immediately, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, throughout the Odyssey, she behaves like a boy until somebody out her, um, not really successfully because she's smart. She can think of it on her feet. So generally, she succeeds at uh, passing as a, as a boy for a boy.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: Joy. So in in my book, I think that there's uh, when we talk about passing, there's both in a literal sense but also uh, in a metaphoric sense and and literally. Um, Lolly grows up on the Cape Flats and is forced to move by circumstances. Uh, She's adopted by a white family in Newlands. And this is sort of backstory that's dealt with very uh, briefly in the book. And um, she's adopted by this family. Uh, The book is set uh, in in her childhood, is in the 80s, so it's in apartheid times. Um, she's fair skinned, and as people of uh, colored people in the time would do, uh, if they passed the pencil test and so on, they'd get re some of, some of the the, the colored people, let me correct that, who um, sold out. I would never pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the irony is unfortunately that it's caused conflict in my family because my dad's brother. Um, and they never saw each other again after uh, this happened. Um, so she is adopted by a white family because she's fair-skinned, has green eyes, and is able to pass as white. Um, but that is just, so, and it plays into uh, the sort of identity crisis. But that's just, you know, the, the backstory. I think the more uh, bigger issue and the metaphoric passing is the 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 primary focus of the book is this. Um, toxic relationship between her and the man that she marries, Siddiqu, and the passing there is how do I show up in a relationship because I so desperately want this thing. I want the things that it can give me, a sense of belonging, a sense of nurture, uh, uh, the social status that comes with being coupled. Um, How do I have all these things so that I tick all the boxes of being socially orthodox? Um, but in fact, you know, the, the passing in that sense is just desperately trying to wear the mask of the fitting in person, but you don't actually fit in. And I mean, it's just it's wonderful hearing how all three books kind of speak to this, like, you know, the, the xenophobia, the, the trans issues, the the desperate fight to belong and fit in, and how... Um, there isn't space to kind of take our skins off and, and our masks off and just be and breathe and and be accepted for who and what we are.
3: Yeah, it's not all interesting. Sorry, Bettina, that yeah, that albei boke uh, passing work specific antrek. Like in desup natylik it's baie groot enie transgender community to pass as the gender you identify with. And I've in my novel that not focused on because there's such an obsession with, you know, who's the fishiest of them all. or, mm. or be like, oh, wow, so. But what actually happens to these characters when they don't actually strive to pass? When we're actually rather embracing or different, geet, you know? And what then And also, then almost making peace with the fires and the battles that are coming to your side. So it's quite interesting. And yeah, Fred, yeah. I also wanted to ask, I haven't read the book. (laughs) But was it also intentional, the uh, trance reference, the girl moving into the boy um, manifestation, and the outing also happening?
2: It was... um Deliberate. Yeah, it was deliberate. because uh, she's always had this identity even back from, before the, the 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 flight from Zimbabwe, she always played with, with boys rather than girls and so on. Now she she now, now the, the, the transformation um manifests itself physically and more urgently now that she has to use that identity to protect herself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm.
1: okay. Mag ek nou weer verhaal? Ja, vrouw? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry in, in, ma- nee, ek trek je boel. <laughs> Het is lekker as julle met mekaar gezels. Um, in, in jou boek, soos jy sê, word daar nie van passing gepraat nie, mm-hmm. maar wanneer door rat terug aan huis toe, uh, cover sy, uh, wil jy iets daar oor sê?
3: Um, afhaal, ja. Ek denk, baie mense um, verstaan nie baie keer, especially met um, um, male to female trans there's a lot of putting up. And by means it actually half my gefra, you know, what if you take all of it off? And <coughs> does it so intense person like to actually put it all up? Of in the makeup of earrings and hair and whatever it is. Um, it's almost as if, as if you're your binnenkant in clear the so, we have a process of going to the And by a person, deal with it. Not just trans and gender diversity, but all LGBTQ plus, We need to van that something van ons is to om as the like. And now, we will come in and go to the This is a ja of a shock. This is a shock. menswaardigheid to take something out of yourself and to leave it because it's not worthwhile or it's not acceptable or it's not who actually by families and communities and school can actually improve the well being of children so much by allowing more, you know. It's not harming anyone, put your lipstick on, sit your earrings up, you know. So Dayalapru says fun passing as an hiding what's left there was one of them in which he spoke to the toilets in his garage. Um, and that was a groot ding, you know, the struggling with his self. Um, yeah, and also figuring out if this is who I am, why is the whole world telling me I'm not this? Mm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, we spoke about the police earlier. Um, mm. And in none of the three books, the police are portrayed in a very positive light. Um, <laughs> Nussi finds that the police is incompetent, they don't care, and they're racist. Joy, um, in your book, Lolly doesn't even consider the police as an option, except as in passing. She just does her own thing. Um, and the answers that you showed earlier, the police is perpetrators in the beginning. Um, and for a big deal, they're perpetrators. If you can share your Sorry, if you could comment on what do you think the police ought to do to improve relations with communities that are other? Are um, there things that could be improved? By the police, by the police specifically. Um, and you have one minute to do it, in <laughs> and now you can speak for the rest of the week.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> they could start by getting rid of trailer, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, talking. talking. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, it's very difficult because it's, it's the, the, the force is corrupt, it's incompetent. And it's a force. That the, 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 it's a force. Oh. It's, it's, a po- force. Yeah. it's not a police service. Yeah. Uh, although they style themselves as a service, yeah. uh, you're never serviced by them. It's a force. Uh, uh, so the, the legacy from that past is still there. Yeah. So, so a lot of retraining needs to, to happen, I think. Uh, so in terms of how they should be dealing with the other, it's a major challenge. It's a major challenge. It's a South African challenge. So it's not um, mm. limited to the to the police service or but police force. it's
1: institutionalized. Do think it
2: place. is institutionalized? Of course, yeah. of course. The minute you get there and they hear an, an accent they are not familiar with, the attitude changes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, that t- thinking about the institution of, the, of police it forms part of the broader um, landscape of institutions of state. The, uh, the police have been captured. Um, it's part of state capture. It doesn't function properly. There's a whole body of evidence. Uh, Karen Dolly, I think, is most eloquently written about this, uh, how they collude with gangs and so on. Um, But I'm also interested in how, and and so there's definitely a space to to look at how to, to fix that and the role of what a different kind of policing should be in our society. But I'm also very aware that in our society, our, our, our way of tackling social issues, so for example, like <laughs> xenophobia, is a law enforcement, border control response, as opposed to a coordinated operational framework of government interventions that don't just deal with law enforcement, but deal with over a long term period, the changing of social norms. And that I think is, is far more important than policing, Well, there's a, a role and a time and a place for it, sure. our responses have got to be bigger than policing. It's mm. got to be about social values and pre- 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 prevention of violence, um, looking at the community initiatives that work to prevent violence, and how we raise consciousness about those sort of things. Because there's only so much policing you can do to respond and be active to violence. Mm. Uh, it's about... The violence not happening in the first place. Yes. Sure. Oh.
2: Yes. And get, getting rid of uh, the menace of mm-hmm. police is it's a facetious thing. It, it won't solve anything because the culture is embedded. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
3: <coughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that, uh, Joy and Fred. Especially looking at the um, apartheid legacy of police violence um, and what happened with the um, Flakplas, which was interrogated wow. by mm-hmm. the Truth wow. and Reconciliation Commission. Looking at how the police was also brainwashed, but also bullied, I guess. Yeah, but also excuse themselves from it. Um, looking at how the black on black violence was also, oh, ungefier, you know, mm-hmm. by them. There's so much internal hate and power play still happening there. I wonder sometimes if it's a muscle memory by Mm -hmm. the police, Mm -hmm. this thing of power and, you know, and justice or, or, yeah, not justice at all, yeah, Mm -hmm. just power and hate. Mm. And for me, I've been wondering, like, sensitivity training, I know sensitivity training has been done and is being done, um, especially with police officers and uh, trans sex workers, but there's not a lot of resultata, but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, So I think all of this training and stuff needs to stop, and maybe there also needs to be better psychological support sure. for the police Please. men. Because sure. sure. maybe they're also losing their minds.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, if you read uh, Dion Mayer's uh, uh, crime novels, for example, yeah. uh, Grissel, oh, Grissel okay. is, is, is messed up in the head, yeah. and he's a, he's a, a living manifestation uh, of what happened in the past, yeah. and that's been carried through uh, into the current police force. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, the the the, the man, I mean, the the concept of muscle memory. Yeah. Is is real,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Can I add one thing there? So, a a long time ago, not a long time, a couple of years ago, I did a study where I worked with police stations and the National Prosecuting Authority to look at service provision to uh, victims of gender based violence. And one of the things that really sat with me is in talking to the police is that they have psychosocial support available as a service to debrief the violence that they engage with. It's not, there's no uptake. And, and, and largely because of the perceived social stigma mm. um, in the construction of masculinity and what it means to be a policeman. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be seen going into the councillor's office to go for uh, uh, psychosocial uh, support. Uh, you know? Exactly.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, last question from my side, and
1: after that I'm going to take one or two questions from the audience. Last question from my side. We've spoken in the last 45 minutes um, about the various ways in which your characters are vulnerable. Um, all of them move to improve their lives. Nocizwe from Zimbabwe to South Africa. Lolly first from the Cape Flats to Newlands, and then when she marries Cedric. Um, your Dora moves to Cape Town and then back to Springbok. Now Karola is back. Um, in a sense even though they moved to better their situation, they all ended up being in more vulnerable situations. Mm -hmm. Would you like to speak to that, each of you? Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) I think this idea of going home, um, going, coming home, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's never easy. And a lot of times, your home is also the unsafest place there is. Mm. So this idea of Running towards home because home is your safety after maybe losing everything or being abused. Um, die, die, gedachte. Um, the thing about home is home is also inside of us. So there are so many places, especially met Dora, want to say ze en haarzelf ook moet gaan en haarzelf confronteren. Mm-hmm. En dit is dan wanneer ik vooral moet magische realisme yeah. maken. Um, actually that net phones begin on a route set on device you know what sometimes the magic of it all is sometimes necessary to resolve you know a lot of um, family trauma that has happened because a lot of times in homes it's it's a cycle you know this blood circle that we're in and sometimes you just never can mm-hmm. escape it's this intergenerational trauma that keeps on mm-hmm. continuing um, so going home also has a purpose so for Dora, going back home, she had a mission she had to do, and it was kind of to break this violence once and for all um, inside her family. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy, but it's also necessary. And I think we should also not shy away from the responsibility, which is home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want to fix all of the issues around us instead of the smaller ones, just here. And a lot mm-hmm. of people have asked me, um, how, how do parents now deal with this? A child comes out and they trance. Um, and that journey you have to go with, with the child, it's also a movement, a separation of something. Going from, this is my child I actually need to say goodbye to, because there's a newer one, but this is still my child. Yeah. And I think that's still the same thing of the moving that happens. Mm-hmm. We, we can run as far as we want to, but our home will always find us.
0: so this is maybe a demo way of answering the question but you know the lockdown showed us how movement as a concept is fundamentally important to the human experience and how we all felt when we were restricted and and had our movement curtailed we moved to work we moved to places of recreation um, we moved to be in nature um, we move our ideas we move across borders and i think that the, the, the idea that I was trying to play with in the book is that while Lolly moves in a sort of geographical sense, she moves from the Cape Lads into Newlands, which supposedly comes with the opportunity and the resources to move her ideas, that doesn't happen. And so it's being trapped, the book speaks to being trapped in particular patterns of thinking. When your cognitive view of the world, the way you see everything around you is like in this box, and you believe that this is what I need, this is the problem, this is the solution, and you stay jacketed by that. And I think, you know, so the broader message for me is like the movement of ideas is very important to me. I always kind of have to check myself. The way that I'm thinking about things um, and I'm, I'm deeply attached to, might there be more different ways of thinking about issues. And, and so it's critical to, to be reading, to be amongst people who are different, to stimulate that kind of intellectual engagement because that's how we, we galvanize the movement for change, it's changing how we think. Um, and Lolly doesn't change how she's, she thinks, she's stuck. She's stuck in the same old pattern um, of victimhood and destructive behavior.
2: Trip. tough um. act to follow <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah we as human beings are migratory animals we always are moving Co- always in constant uh, motion uh, for for various reasons could be work it could be um it could be forced uh, removals it could be anything so uh i have just realized having listened to 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 joyce now i uh, i realize that i'm Almost all my books are about movement um, of one form in one form or another, uh, because of who I am, where I come from. I'm, I'm from a province um, uh, by the sea, uh, kingdom by the sea, uh, guazulu Natal, and my mother is is from a town. My father came from a, um, a rural background. So all these movements and migrations had an impact on how. I grew up and how I perceive myself. I don't live in, in that province anymore, I live in Johannesburg. In making that transition, it was emotional, it was psychological, it was linguistic, because uh, the kind of Zulu that we speak in Joburg is you know, is a different kind of Zulu, uh, and so on. So I now that I've, I've just listened to your very profound way of expressing, of, of expressing it and articulating it, it, does, it resonates with me and the story that I've... Uh, Tried to I Want tell to go him.
0: home now? You just said that. I said something <laughs> that <laughs> that the day not <laughs> <get> better. <laughs> <Look in yourself. laughs>
1: Thank you. Um, any questions from the audience? Uh, there's a hand. So let me just check whether there are other hands. No. Um, there'll be a mic coming down to you.
4: Thank you very much for an inspiring and fascinating discussion and it's going to be a real problem for my pensionist budget because I can't afford all <laughs> three. But um, the whole issue of violence, is it? do you think that it's because all of us are in deep need of, violent, of, of healing mm-hmm. and hence it just manifests itself in these very different violent ways in, in our lives, both in the the sacrosanct home that's supposed to be the, you know, the, the sacred place mm. and society—but also uh, the whole issue of um, of xenophobia. I—I'd rather want to say, isn't it maybe a more sense of Afrophobia? Because I mean, where I live, you know, there are all these Europeans from from Italy to um, to Chile, you know, and they—and they don't experience it. So it's something about poor people and. And, and resources and and it's sad that we I mean we we spoke so much about Ubuntu, you know, but it's all past tense, isn't it? But thanks very much it's, for wonderful. So are your question directed to Fred or to all of us? No, I think the the question about that we are a wounded people as yeah. South Africans. Mm-hmm. And we've never ever had there were little bits of things around the TRC and healing of memories does something and you know little inch, mm. NGOs. But there's nothing coordinated, and I know that Rwanda has many challenges, but at least they do every, th- every year for three months, they do something and they look at it. Thanks. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, s- I suppose we treated, uh, we made mm. a mistake. Uh, we treated the, the TRC as an event. Mm. We've done it now, yeah. it's gone, and we are going to be happy together, and so on and so on, which is a fallacy. Uh, so the healing process, should be a process, in, in fact, because yeah. we are a messed up people as a country, because we have a very violent past, and that is dogging us, that is haunting us now, and uh, hence uh, the GPV uh, issues, problems that we are faced mm-hmm. with, and Afrophobia. Um, it, it's very accurate, Afrophobia, because um, the poorer people lash out at those that uh, they ha- they have access to, uh, that those they can uh, bully. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the Russians, the Ukrainians who live in this country, um, are well-resourced, they are, they, are, they are armed, they have money, therefore it's not easy to to, uh, to attack them, to, uh, to vent your spleen on them, because they are kind of uh, distant. So you lash at the, the less, impo- less empowered and impoverished victims of, 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 uh, of society.
0: And, you know, just to say that the state... Um the state is the the engine driving that because if we think about during apartheid times, like migration happened predominantly from Europe to the country, right? And, and we, uh, Department of Home Affairs, processed um, permanent residency a lot more quickly and people got that status. Now, since two, the year 2000, it, the migrants coming in are from... Mid- predominantly from the continent. Mm -hmm. And we have research showing us that 10% of the applications are approved for permanent residency, Um, 20% are rejected, and the vast majority, 70%, lays in no person's land of bureaucracy where they just never are addressed. Um, So there's there's very much that sentiment of, of Afrophobia. And I mean, interestingly, research is also showing us that the African people coming into the country are semi and highly skilled, so the narrative that we've constructed that they are taking jobs is false. Mm. You know, they, they they false they plug skills gaps that we need. In fact, um, and then just and, and the state's response to this is is engineered. Um, it is conscious. It is an attempt to keep Africans out. Like the concept of African Renaissance is long gone. And then just very briefly on the the issue of um, the truth and reconciliation. Um, that it is just so sad that that initiative to a large extent was a failure and I think that what we've not engaged enough with is the concept of restorative social justice, what does that uh-huh, look like uh-huh. and how do we begin to engage with that okay.
1: um, There's one
0: last question from the audience
1: in front here, um, the mic's coming your way Uh, Thank you very much to all of you for a very inspiring discussion. My question is actually uh, in regards to what you last spoke about, and particularly to Fred. As Zimbabweans are now forced to go home or underground, will you be writing a sequel to your book?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't get the the last last part. Are you writing
1: a sequel to the book? To, to sequel sequel to yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, a sequel to that one <laughs> in particular because obviously first they had to flee from Zimbabwe, yes. now they might be uh, forced to go back home or underground.
2: Oh yeah, no, it's early days to think of a sequel, but it's logical, <laughs> it's logical. Because uh, now Nozizwe is here in South Africa and she's undergoing, well she's been confronted with all these challenges, then what happens? So yeah. nice, nice idea. Thank you. <laughs>
1: um, you weren't part of the royalties, right? Ah. <laughs> um, Such as they are. Thank you to all thank three you. of you. It was lovely, and it was thank so you. nice to have a discussion amongst yourselves, and mm-hmm. not Great. we have to facilitate all the time. Great. Um, thank you so much. It was an informative and it was an interesting discussion. Um, to the audience, all three books are available at the you know where the library area is. Uh, the bookstore area, please buy all three. It's worth the read. They will be at the signing table to sign. Um, If you want to take a picture with them, you can hand me 50 bags, 100 (laughs) (laughs) bags, and you can take the picture with them. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. This event was made possible by the support of the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture, the City of Cape Town and the Heinrich Bull Foundation. See you in the next episode.